What's up, everybody? Welcome to Studio Wesley Annex, the audio-visual podcast where we talk about the lectionary texts of the week. It's Christmas. As far as you know, it's also Christmas when we're recording this. You'll never know that we record them early. It doesn't matter. Drew, how's it going? I'm doing good. Do you have any Christmas plans? Christmas plans? Uh, Well, besides, I'm glad that it's not on... Well, I shouldn't say that. I do the audio and stuff at church, so... I always end up having to do the audio and last year church was on Sunday. So I don't have to do that this year because it's not on Sunday, but yeah. just hang out with family pretty much. Yeah. Do you celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve or Christmas day? Which one's the bigger celebration? Well, I would definitely say Christmas day because like I said, Christmas Eve lately, especially before uh, we were doing like a midnight service. So we were like at church, like all night Oh yeah, and yeah. doing the audio and stuff. So definitely Christmas day. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, I, I don't. This man, I don't know. If this, if it turns out that I'm like the only weird one whose family celebrates Christmas on Christmas Eve, then that's that'll be very interesting. Allison, what about you? How are you doing? I'm good. My semester is over. I'm relaxed. I yeah. am more present than ever. We're good. Do you celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? We typically celebrate on Christmas Day. We're actually celebrating on um, Christmas Eve Eve this year, just because oh. we're having like a lot of people, and that's just how it's going to work out. But we are typically a Christmas Day people. Oh, good. Family? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would make sense to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day, but I just, I, I know a lot of people that do Christmas Eve. That's the only, that's the reason I ask. Neil, how's it going? I mean, it is, it is going. Uh, that's one way to put it. One way to put it: <laughs> Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or Christmas Eve Eve. Or the day after. I think. Uh, well, I think when I was younger, we sort of celebrated a little bit more on Christmas Eve. Like, yeah. like we'd open our presents early because we just don't care. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think like over the years, we've just sort of become Christmas Day type folk. But really, like, we don't even really celebrate that much. Like we change some presents, we eat some food. It's really chill. So we love a good chill Christmas. That's like the next step down from a white Christmas. It's snowy Christmas, chill Christmas. Then it's the Florida Christmas. That's just kind of (laughs) sad. Just kidding. Um, cool. Okay. I'm going to open this up in prayer and then we will get rolling. Um, Dear God, thank you for having us all here together today. Um, Please bless this food we're about to eat. I'm talking metaphorically. We're talking about the scripture. The scripture is food. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But no, um, as always, we hope that these words resonate with someone, uh, whoever's listening to this, and can be meaningful. And thanks for the discussion. In Jesus' name, amen. And Drew, you're up first. Good, sir. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah, I think it's my first time going for, so we'll see how it Is goes. Is it really? I think so. Hey. I usually go like last, so I gotta like think about everything I'm gonna say for the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So you're but, just like stressing the whole time. That's how I do it. Because I'm always, yeah. I feel like I'm always last, so I'm like uh, the yeah. whole time. Uh, well, I can't promise it. going first will be any better, but <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm about, <laughs> so I'm talking about. So I'm talking about Hebrews one. What's well, it says? Yeah. So basically, one through twelve. Um, and so when I first start reading scripture, I usually always think about, first I always think about who it's written by and then who it's written for. Um, and for this, I, I guess it's a mystery who wrote it. So that's, you know, that's fun. But uh, it's definitely written for um, uh, a group of 
uh, Jewish Christians. So uh, Jesus has come and the this group of people is kind of um, attempting to, like they're going through a transition phase uh, in their in their faith. And uh, the, so they're really struggling with this uh, transition period. And um, it just seems like what I'm taking, you know, this, I did some research, but it was kind of hard to find, but it definitely seems like from the, from the way that they're talking that uh, this, the change to a Christian uh, Jewish sort of faith system has brought in a lot of challenges. And um, so they're basically trying to incorporate, you know, a completely new godly understanding into their faith. Uh, and it's been very challenging and it's come with uh, a lot of uh, persecution and just trying to find their way in this new uh, sort of almost like a completely new belief system in a way. Um, so uh, verse three says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So I think, so one thing that is, is uh, clear is that they're really sort of struggling with uh, what the, what the new teachings of Jesus mean. And there's a lot of them are tempted to just uh, leave Christianity as a whole because it's unfamiliar and, uh, they're very they're very familiar with uh, the Old Testament sort of teachings of uh, you know Moses and Isaiah and all of the other prophets that we know of, and um, I think that I can sympathize with uh, that experience uh, just because it's a very human reaction to want to uh, sort of stick with what you're comfortable with, especially in your understanding of. Uh, faith, but uh, I think that that scripture that I just read sort of is an interesting. It's something I hadn't thought about before. Where, like, the for a group of people who is trying to understand God, uh, understanding Him through Jesus is very different than trying than understanding Him through uh, the prophets that they've had from you know a long time ago. And uh, that's a, I think it's a challenging thing that Christians go through, which is to like develop uh, your understanding of scripture. So um, yeah, it, it, the scripture, it made me really think of the transitional phases that we go through in our life, in our lives. And um, well, specifically like teenagers and young adults, uh, it's felt in a lot of the relationships that we have. And I think that we're lucky because we don't, you know, we have the teachings of Jesus and they've been around for a long time for us now, but back then uh, it was definitely a, a monumental shift and they're trying to figure out how to make that work. And I think that that's relatable uh, to me to a lesser extent, obviously, but as someone who is like still learning about faith, um, I think, I can say pretty confidently that my relationship with Jesus has changed a lot. Sorry. Even in just like five or six years that I've really been a Christian. And um, I think that 
that's similar to the receivers of this, you know, this letter, this message. Um, they're being challenged with new understandings. And I think that another thing that I've sort of learned in my own journey is that like a lot of times uh, the new like understandings that we come to in our faith, they can be extremely challenging. And uh, like one new understanding requires like a reframing of like all types of other beliefs and understandings that we have about our faith. And it can just be really challenging. And overall, like uh, the, like when we're walking in what God is calling us to do, it can be really easy to want to turn back and go back to our previous uh, sort of understandings. Um, but God has called us to um, develop with him. And I want to read this one last one too. So my point is, is that I think it's interesting how, how God doesn't change. He just communicates with us differently. And our, in our like relationship with him develops through life because of our development. And God has stayed the same, even though our relationship with him has changed. Uh, so I'm going to read this last thing real quick. In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. So to try to fit this together, like, I just think it's interesting that in this story, like, God is the same even in the time of Moses and even throughout the time of Jesus, but the way that they are called to like interact with God is different because they're different people. And I think that that is just relatable to our lives because we're not the same people that we were five or 10 years ago. And that call to relationship with Jesus is just like continually changing. So hopefully that made sense. That's, that's all I have to say. So it's it's interesting that you're you're saying this. So like, I recently had kind of like a, a a spat with my parents, and that's this is kind of like speaking to that, especially as you know, we always refer to God as sort of this um, parental figure, and um and I think the big thing that always comes up anytime like I have a, a spat with my parents or something is that um, I'm not the same person I used to be. You know, like like you have to just understand that I'm not going to be like I used to be as a kid. I'm not going to, I'm like thinking differently. And you, and I think this is what we, we hope for, right? We hope that, that our parents and and family members and even just the friends in our lives can recognize that, that we are growing and changing. And um, sometimes that does mean to like tweak our social circles, but, but for the most part, we would hope that our, that the people in our lives can, can kind of recognize that and, and learn to, move with us in the same way that we should be expected to move with, with others. Um, but I love that you brought in the, the, the cultural aspect aspect of this too. Cause I always think the, like the humanly personification of Jesus being like man is more relatable, but when you're used to kind of like serving the divine or like um, worshiping something that's other worldly, like I can see how it would be a little bit of a challenge to be like, Oh, but now I'm supposed to like respect the man version of that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I never thought about that before, but that's really interesting. I'm going to leave there. I think, um, 
trying to decide how to phrase this. You kind of touched on a little bit, uh, well, I mean, all of it, but how we, our faith changes as we go through life and as we grow up and as we learn things and talk to people and enter different places. Um, and I just think it's really important to bring into those conversations um, that like, well, one, like you said, it is challenging to grow on your faith, but two, there's this like spectrum of like, I feel like when people talk about faith and our faith journeys that sometimes people only focus on like the good of it, like the way you change and grow for the better. Um, but I think it's always important to bring in the conversation too, that like, as you're walking through life, as you're meeting new people and learning more about faith and um, all the things that have happened, um, you know, it's a spectrum. It goes both ways. There are points in your life where like, it's really hard to have as much faith as maybe you had the year before. And there are points where something might happen and you might waver. Um, but that is a part of our journey and that is a part of our faith and it is a part of the path we are taking. Um, and that's just kind of like what was popping in my head as you were talking as like faith is a journey and it is challenging to um, kind of like what you were saying, Mike, like, you know, we change and sometimes that's really hard for people. Um, but there's also that like other side of it, like, are we changing for the better? What's going on? How? And that goes on to mental health and all the things. And I don't know, my brain is sort of spiraling into thoughts on everything that you guys both just said. I won't lie. <laughs> Change is hard, man. And especially like as years like go on, like I feel like for our parents and our parents' parents, some of them are almost the same. Like they're, they're sort of the same people as they were when they were younger. Like, you know, like just like an older, wiser version. But I don't feel like I'm anything like what I was even a year ago, you know. And so having like these massive like paradigm shifts in life whether it be of faith or anything else like what allison said sometimes it's hard to have the same amount of faith um that you did you know like is last year and i i definitely don't <laughs> i definitely don't but you know as uh difficult as change is it's one of the most fundamental parts of life and it's what makes us all uh beautiful and unique in our own ways is that we are constantly changing you know most of us will be someone different probably tomorrow, honestly. But that's kind of a good thing, you know? Cool. Well, that's going to move us right from the new to the old, Old Testament. Allison, you ready? I could not find my mouse just now to unmute myself. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> you weren't ready because you didn't have your mouse. Just kidding. <laughs> Finding and a now mouse. I'm ready. Now, all right, take it away. Yeah, so um, I have Isaiah 52, 7 through 10. I'm going to break all the rules. I'm going to read it all because it's not that long. Um, this is from the Common English Bible. So it starts, um, Ah, how beautiful the feet of those in the mountain who declare the good news of victory, of peace and liberation. The voice that calls to Zion, that, cho that chosen place for God's promising, <laughs> I can't read, for God's promised people, announcing to them, your God rules. Listen, the ones who watch and wait are crying out and laughing for joy. Look now, for everyone will see the eternal one coming back to Zion. Let the rock and rubble of Jerusalem erupt in joyful song, for the eternal has brought comfort to his people and redeemed Jerusalem. The eternal has flexed his muscles, bared his holy arm for the world to see his power. Every nation, every person, every place on earth will witness the victory of our God. Um, first, my first like initial thought about this, and this is not like the whole thought of this scripture, but I got so stuck and I looked at multiple um, versions of the text just to see if it says that in all of them. And it says it in a lot of them um, that 
verse 10 says the eternal has flexed his muscles and and my brain um got stuck on like the way society uses the term flex today and i just got stuck in this weird like cycle of like that is such a weird comparison to put into the bible i don't i don't know why i got there um and i just want to name that it has nothing to do with what i'm going to talk about today but that's i'm naming that um but i think it's interesting to go into these scriptures right after drew's especially because like with drew's you know my initial thought is that like journey of faith and the ups and the downs and how it's not all good all the time um because then what i had written down to talk about with this verse is like um I feel like I've been finding this in a lot of, I like, I keep saying my new word right now is historically, even though that's not even fitting for all of these contexts, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, like historically, when I read the Bible, I tend to linger towards emotions just because I'm a very emotional person. Um, I show very strong emotions very easily. And so for this one, and I feel like several of the other annex episodes that I've been in, in the last few weeks, um, I found hope in it again. I just feel like a lot of the language has this aspect of like, um, you know, in, in verse 10, after it talks about him flexing his muscles, it says every nation, every person, every place on earth will witness the victory of our God. And so it has that like aspect of like, they will witness it. And so I think there's so much hope in that, that like right now, you know, there's a voice calling out to Zion. All of these things are happening. Everything feels so good. There's so much joy in the air. There's so much, so much trust between um, these people and God. And, but they're also like instilling that hope. Like, let's keep going. Let's keep moving through this. Um, everything is good. Let's, we have hope for the future that everyone and every place on earth is going to feel this just like we are feeling it right now. Um, and so I just thought that was interesting that like, it's, it's a very hope filled scripture. Um, I don't think there's a single place in it where it's like, everything is awful. You know, it talks about let the, let the rock and rubble of Jerusalem erupt in joyful song. So even then it's like, it's just so uplifting. I, got, I, I enjoyed this verse. It was, it was, it was, it was like a refreshing compared to like some of the other ones. Yeah, I, I like what you said. I agree that, like, it's always interesting, like, reading or, like, just, like, comparing and contrasting, like, different scriptures, even though mine was in the New Testament. It's, like, there's so many places that, like, show challenge and then uplift, like, uplifting and then challenges again and then uplifting. Like, it's just a constant cycle, I think, that takes place within the scripture. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that one was more uplifting. <laughs> Okay, so first I want to talk about the flexing muscles thing just because that's been lingering in my brain for the last five minutes. Like, I feel like maybe it's like that metaphor for like, you know, flexing muscles like means like like the eternal's like like doing work, you know? Like it's not like nothing's happening, you know? It's not like God's just like, you know, just like, you know, flexing and stuff. Although one of my favorite uh, history, because you said the word historical, and now I'm thinking about um, Plato. Because the philosopher Plato, that was actually like his his name as a wrestler. He was like an undefeated like Olympic like wrestler, and it literally just means broad. And there were you know historical accounts that he like during debates, uh, he would just start flexing to make the other person feel bad, and that's how he would win. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I am glad that that particular passage was more like sort of. I forget the exact word, but just sort of comforting and uplifting to you. Cause yeah, there is something nice about the certainty of like, you will see the, the glory of God and whatnot. Um, something nice about that. 
the idea that something good will happen eventually. I think it's interesting, like, uh, and Allison, you did not break any rules by reading the whole scripture. That's not a rule we have. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. But um, I, I, in verse eight, the ones who watch and wait are crying out and laughing for joy. I do. I like. I immediately grasp onto this idea of like how cool it is that I don't know. I have no patience. So um, like waiting, and then also like the joy. The joy in the waiting is very is a very interesting concept to me that um that I I do have to sit with for a while because um to me I mean in my earthly life waiting for something good to happen <laughs> isn't something that brings me joy <laughs> you know like i'm not sitting there laughing or crying in joy because i'm waiting for the good to happen you know i'm actually like more antsy and more frustrated because i know good is coming and it's not here yet right um so so i think there's something very strong in the power of of um in the power of, of the God context that we do feel that we do, we do feel the joy, like, and the, and the ex, the knowing the good is coming pushes us to like actually make the best out of the time that we do have as we're waiting, which I don't know. I don't know. That's a little tangential to kind of the way you were talking out, but, but you, you bringing up like the joy of the, the scripture and I, I can't help but call out my own impatience. <laughs> um so okay that all that all that being said um thank you guys so much we are gonna go to a break real quick uh see you very soon We hope you had a good break. Um, I figured we'd start off the second half of this real quick, just in honor of and the spirit of Christmas. Does anybody have any like weird Christmas traditions that, as far as you know, very specific to your family? The top of your head. We used to always watch Polar Express on Christmas Eve, but I don't think that's Ooh. all that unique. But we definitely we did that, and yeah, until recently, for sure. That, that movie's quite unique. <laughs> It's like the definition of the uncanny valley for like cartoon world. It was good for the time though. It was good for the time. It's Tom Tom Hanks plays like every character. <laughs> we have like a tradition, but I don't know that they're weird. So What's your like, tra- well, it doesn't have to be weird. I shouldn't have said that. What's no. your tradition? I mean, my whole life we've always like the Saturday after Thanksgiving gone and chopped a Christmas tree down and decorated. Like that's our Aww. tradition. But I don't think that's weird. I mean, it might be unique because I don't feel like I mean we don't go to the we moved so we don't go to the Christmas tree farm anymore, but I feel like yeah. everybody goes to the Christmas tree farm, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We, I don't think we've ever had a real tree in our lives. My parents are like, we're not cleaning up pine needles. Screw that. Now we've always had a real one. We, my family, like two years we didn't. Yeah. My family's Dutch, right? So we, we celebrate Sinterklaas, which is like the Dutch version of Christmas. It's actually, I think December 5th, but you like, you draw names, you, and then you give a, Basically, it's the equivalent of a gag gift, but it's specific to something that the person did that year that like embarrassed them, for example. Um, 
trying to think of an example. Like I think there was a time where a de- my dad's friend, like, lo- like I don't know, he like he like destroyed a toolbox or something. So then they like hit, they wrapped his gift inside a toolbox and welded it shut. And then it was his job to like get it out of there. So it's like stuff like that. And like you, you amp it up. So some people will like put your gift inside of a car and then take your car to the dump, have them crush it into a cube. And then they have to get like the gift out of there. It's like people go really crazy with this, but the whole point is that you make it very hard to get the gift because of your like, silliness anyways neil do you have anything i I, that's i i just want to say that's like the most advanced game of like white elephant i've ever heard of in my (laughs) life like that like they don't dutch don't play around it's pretty Um, wild yeah jesus i don't okay my family doesn't really have any like um christmas um traditions however I'll cheat a little bit and say New Year's. My mom has like a New Year's tradition, which is sort of the thing they do in the Philippines. Um, usually, so on New Year's, she, 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 my mom doesn't drink except for on New Year's Eve. She drinks one bottle of Heineken. And by one, I mean she opens the bottle and gets halfway through it. And then at midnight, when she's usually asleep, she wakes herself up and then bangs pots and pans around the house to ward away bad spirits. Um, wait, I love that. Yeah, so that's the thing they do in the Philippines. Um, probably minus the beer, actually, no, probably with the beer part. Yeah, <laughs> I love that so much. That's incredible. All right, well, that being said, Neil, do you want to take us into Psalms 98? Yeah, you know, speaking of banging pots and pans, this is actually a great uh segue because Psalm 98 is basically just like a psalm about celebration, you know? It's like, sing to the Lord a new song. He's done wonderful things. You know, bust out the trumpets, break out the lyres, get the big band, you know, rolling. And that's basically what Psalm 98 is about. It's just all about, like, praising God and all the great things God has done, you know, with trumpets and a horn blast, shout triumphantly before the Lord, the King! Not to be confused with Elvis. Let the sea and everything in it roar, the world and all its inhabitants too. And yeah, like, I don't really know what else to say about it. It's just like, make a joyful noise, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta get out there, you know, dance a little, you know, uh, twerk for the Lord or something like that. I don't know, whatever, whatever kids are doing these days, right? But yeah, all Psalm 98 is about is just celebrate, you know, celebrate the good things God has done for us and for, you know, the people and for the world, even though the world seems pretty bad these days, but like, you just got to look for, you got to look for the, you know, you got to scrape off the bad off the top to get to it. You know, it's like, it's like getting around like the edge of like a pizza, of like a square pizza. You got to get to like the center slice. Cause I work in an Italian restaurant and you make this big square rectangular pizzas. You got to get to that center piece, but in order to do that, you got to get through the edge. And that's what you got to do in order to see the good in the world. You got to cut the edges off. Uh, kind of like on toast, but anyway, Psalm 98. Yeah. Celebrate, make a joyful noise, be big, be loud, be whatever you want. Your, your metaphors on that were incredible. That's it. That's all I have to say. I'm kidding. Um, but that was, that was so funny. Okay. Um, no, I mean, I think just like reiterating that fact of like, you know, reading the Bible, it isn't always beautiful. You know, the things that are happening. 
Like there were definitely those moments of like all of these people were in these horrible times and they didn't know what to do and everything was bad. Um, and so just like I said earlier with my verse, I just always appreciate these verses that are more uplifting and light and happy and joyful um, because I think it's like that real life representation of like bad things happen, but there's also light throughout the bad. Um, there's like that Harry Potter quote, you know, about finding light in the darkness, the whole thing. Um, but yeah, all the things. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, I think this, this passage is very like beautifully inclusive of, if I can say that, like, I do like that. It starts off with, um, he has won the victory with the skill of his right hand and the strength of his holy arm has made it clear that he saves and he has shown the nations that he, he, he does what is right. And then we go on to like, talk about all these different aspects of the world celebrating. And I do feel like if we're taking the, the Psalm Psalms um, as kind of like a, a guide, a guidebook for like worship in general, I feel like this as a hymn or as a song or whatever would be truthfully just like inviting everyone to partake, right? The, the, the seas, the rivers, everybody in the presence, because at this point Jesus has, um, has come and saved us. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. There's something very inclusive and powerful about that. I don't know how to necessarily articulate that just lit just yet, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's cool. It kind of made me think of something similar too. I was thinking about like worship and the way that like the songs, at least like the contemporary songs, I guess traditional ones too, but like the songs that I really like appreciate like on Sundays are the ones that talk a lot more about like the greatness and like all of that God is as opposed to some of the ones that are a little bit more like, I don't know, maybe, maybe personal. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but like that kind of celebration, I think that I really enjoy when worship is a celebration as opposed to like a, something else. Yeah. I, sorry. That, that literally just made me think I'm like, I'm like the participant you're, you're talking about like the participatory aspect. Right. Um, and, it, and it does like speak to our, our capabilities of all the different ways that we can partake and enjoy it. Sorry. I had a better thought than that. And then I, I literally lost it, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, yes, I think I, I love it. It's great. It's just exciting. It's fun and happy. Just like Neil said. So that works, that works really well. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm going to, I'll take us, take us home with John chapter one verses one through 14. My grandpa would be so proud. He told me if I ever have any questions, just read the book of John. So here we are talking about it. And of course, it was one of the hardest scriptures on the planet for me to find anything to talk about. Um, so thanks, Gramps. Um, okay. So that being said, I, I mean, credit where credit is due. This was really tough for me. Not necessarily because I think the words are difficult, but because um, I feel like sometimes there's a pressure to kind of reinvent the wheel with these scriptures, right? Um, and I mean, and in terms of like, how can we find meaning for young adults and things like that? Um, so I did call an audible on this and I reached out to Derek Scott, the third shout out um, and just kind of asked for that sort of guidance. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, where would you, where would you begin with this? And the, and kind of the, the question that he brought up to me is why in the gospels out of all the gospels, why does John, why does the book of John start here? So for most part, all of our gospels, kind of take us through the beginning of Jesus, right? The beginning begins with Jesus. It makes sense. Or like somewhere in that sort of framework, the book of John takes us all the way back to the very beginning. I mean, we're talking Genesis one, John chapter one. That's, that's where we're starting with this, right? So we hear these words that, um, 
probably heard many times. I'm reading it from the voice, so it may sound a little different. But um, before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. The voice was and is God. This celestial word remained ever present with the creator. His speech shaped the entire cosmos, immersed in the practice of creating. All things that existed were birthed in him. His breath filled all things with a living, breathing light, a light that thrives in the depths of darkness, blazes through murky bottoms. It cannot and will not be quenched. So the first thing that just jumps out to me, right? Like this is where we get kind of the word being capitalized because we're referring to Jesus as the word, the beginning, the word was God. And, you know, we, we know this, this sort of sentence, but, um, here we're referencing to it as the voice, the voice of God that speaks and breathes into all things. And one, I think there's something cool about that terminology because voices are so specific to people. So vo- like we, I think there's, there's a different part in the Bible that references like sheep recognize the shepherd based on his voice. And um, I do think there's something beautiful about us recognizing God based off of God's voice. And as that relates to the nativity story or the, the life of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the beginning of, of um, God as, as a human, um, we have this voice speaking out into the darkness at the very beginning of anything, before anything existed, this voice started, started it, right? And now we have that voice reappearing through the form of like a young child, like a, a child being birthed into the world, probably crying, very messy, very loud. Um, and and there's there's something kind of beautiful about that of um, one the way that this scripture ends, which is the voice took on flesh and became human and chose to live alongside us. So God kind of kind of choosing to um, appear to us in this new form, but we recognize the voice, right? We recognize the voice, the voice that exists through all things that can um, thrive in the depths of the darkness. All these things that we just heard, um, and then. It's also, uh, and then I'm going back to my um, my notes here a little bit. Um, I mean, I do think it's important for us to just know that the salvation story has existed since the beginning. That's not anything new, but like for us to kind of have that connection as we go into the birth of Jesus, which again, in our humanly thinking, we're like, oh, the salvation story starts with the birth of Jesus because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But truthfully, th- starting off at the very beginning, contextualizes everything, right? This salvation story has been predetermined since the beginning. This is more like a prophecy being fulfilled than it is a story starting for the first time um, with the birth of Jesus, right? Um, and I and I do think that's that sort of full circle continuance going back and everything that is really strong. Um, yeah, cannot and will not be quenched. I mean, all of this parallels what we know is about to happen with Jesus, right? The attempts on Jesus's life, shaping the cosmos. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool to bring, to bring us full circle and say, just because this is what we discuss in the Christmas season as like the birth of Jesus. There is like the sort of newness that comes with the birth of Jesus um, revitalization. I mean, some of it I think stems from the fact that um, for a lot of us, the new Testament is more digestible. So, Jesus brings about the new Testament. So the old Testament's harder to understand. So I think there is this like newness and more of like, uh, I think I just used the word revitalization or whatever, but we're still with John connecting ourselves all the way back to the beginning to say, Hey, all of this is important. 
All of these are details that all factor into the same story, the story of salvation that we get to celebrate in Psalm 98, right? The return of Jesus and everything. So, um, yep, that's where I'll stop. Love to hear your thoughts. So, um, one thing that it, that like that makes me think about and the fact that that's like the opening to John, which is like different from the other like gospels. I think, I think that like one of the things for me personally, that's like, hard in a good way, like to understand about God is how like God is so many things at once. And I mean, I guess it's like the Trinity, but like Jesus is God and like that whole thing. But I think that it's almost like a, like this story that you're about to read, which is very like relationship focused and like action focused is like also the same God that created the cosmos. And like, he cares enough to have like this personal relationship with humans and make the sacrifice and all those things. And I, I don't know, for some reason I just always like, partly cause I think I will just never understand all of it, which I don't think we're capable like of understanding all of God's like intricacies, but like, I don't know. I think that like just the difference between those two things, but also the fact the same, like, I think it's important to have at the beginning. Um, partially because I was honestly still thinking about everything you just said. I'm definitely going to need like eight and business aids to process all of that. Um, but I do just, um, I want to acknowledge you kind of, I don't know if you fully said this, but it got my brain thinking of like, I appreciate how you are, how you kind of made connections with this text to other parts of the Bible. Just because I think um, sometimes reading the Bible for me, that's the hardest part is where like, I'll read a verse and I'm like, try and understand it. And someone's like, don't you remember this person did this and this? And that's how they got to this. And I'm like, how did you remember all of that and how did you make that connection and like so when you're talking about like all the things and how it connects and where it started and where it began um i just think it's super helpful in reading the bible so um yeah can i throw a quick plug in um i use the voice translation because the voice does do that right so the voice starts every section of the bible off with these kind of like hey remember these things this connects to these things i promise you know and uh that's super helpful so um and yeah, it's because I feel the same way, Alice. And I, I think I, I, there's so much I struggle to remember it all. So it's nice to have that added boost. So yeah, yeah, that um, I I like the idea of like starting back at like the beginning, you know, like where everything where everything started. Really, it feels like a, a like I, I struggle with the same thing of like knowing what, when, and where like things connect. You know, I feel like I need like an episode recap. At the beginning of each book of the Bible or or like, you know, footnotes or something. Right. Because it's just so like woven and interconnected. Like, I think I'd have an easier time. I think I think I definitely do actually have an easier time understanding the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's than I do like the lore of the Bible and everything just because it's so convoluted. But I appreciate like starting back at the beginning and showing us that like. It was it was all already there, like from the beginning, in a way, you know. And it's like the word was God, and the word was with God, and all that fun jazz. So, cool. Thank you guys for uh, engaging with all this today. Uh, I'm gonna close this in prayer, as we do, as we do. Um, so, God. Thank you for we we always appreciate the Christmas time because it gives us a chance to pause. It gives us a chance to um, engage with others in a in a context that we don't normally do um it 
brings about a new thing in us. Um, something that resets us for the new year. And I don't know, it's just, it's just really nice. Um, and with, and always with that, with these thoughts and, um, emotions that kind of surface with the, with the Christmas season, we, um, we ask that you, you help us find a way to, um, bring that into the rest of the year because, um, yeah, there's, there's, hum- it's, it's humbling. It's beautiful. And it's, um, it comes with a service attitude and we always appreciate that. So thank you for letting us celebrate you. And we, we ask that you help us do it all the time in Jesus name. Amen. Cool. That's all. That's all we got for you guys. Uh, Merry Christmas, I guess is what we should be saying with this episode. Cool. Uh, until next time, this has been studio Wesley annex. Bye y'all.